My wife and I, we share everything, and unfortunately, this week we shared a sickness. She was sick earlier this week and was nice enough to pass it along to me. So I'm not feeling very good. Yesterday, I laid around all day like a zombie, and today I'm not feeling so well. So thank you guys for praying for me, and Troy prayed for me earlier. So we're going to press forward here regardless of how I feel this morning. You know, one of the things I like, and I've said this many times from the pulpit, one of the things that I love about Christianity is the simplicity. Brothers and sisters, if your faith is difficult, if it's difficult to understand, if it's difficult to perform, then you're doing it wrong. Christianity is so simple. It is not difficult whatsoever. Boil down what this Bible is, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but what this Bible is, it ends up ultimately being Nothing more than a love story. Amen? It's, it's a love story. Now, I read the King James Version, and it's kind of written in Old English. Now, it was translated a long time ago, and I know there's a lot of these and thous and stuff like that in it. And I know that we don't really talk that way anymore. But you can't let that stuff confuse you, all the begats and all the winces and thous and thuses. I know that we don't talk that way anymore, but... Boiled down, it is very simple. It is a love message. The, the, there is this perfect, awesome, divine, heavenly Father up in heaven who loves his creation, and that's what this is. And I kind of found one scripture that kind of really sums all that up, and just one scripture. Now, again, there's lots more to the Bible than just this one verse, but this one verse in particular really sums up the whole gist of the Bible. Okay, And I know that we all know this. We could all probably say it from memory. But that scripture is John 3.16. And I want to read it to you. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now I know that we so know that so, so well. We turn on a football game and someone's holding up a sign that says John 3.16. We teach it in our junior church. Many of us have that memorized since we were little kids. And sometimes that can kind of cheapen it. But what that's telling us is God in heaven, he loved this world so much that he didn't spare his only son. He was motivated by love for his creation, for his children, that that's why he sent Jesus Christ for us. For God so loved the world. Why did he send his love? Or why did he send his son? Because he loves us. For God so loved the world. Obviously, there's a lot more into the Bible than just that one scripture, but that one really sums up that this is a love message from God, from a father, a loving father to his children. Now, that is my pretty little introduction, okay? I'm going to change gears on you for a little bit and convey this to you the best way that I know how. I'd like to talk to you for just a moment, if you'll allow me. I'd like to reminisce just for a moment, if you'll allow me about my kids. Most of you know, I, my wife and I, we have two boys, okay? We have a 12-year-old and a nine-and-a-half-year-old, soon to be 10, okay? I, I still remember, I never, ever forget, and I even have a poor memory, I'll never forget my wife and I going to the doctors. She, she was pregnant with Luke, and we went for her ultrasound, and the, the nurse is waving that little wand around. Have you ever seen the ultrasound wand thing? Waving it on Shannon's stomach. And there's that little picture shows up on the monitor. 
And the nurse says, and I'll just, I'll never forget it. The nurse says, do you want to know what it is? And I shouted out, it's a boy! Because Luke was laying there spread eagle pretty much. And even my untrained eye could see there was something there. He's a boy. So, man, I'll tell you what, tears come to my eyes. I'll never, ever forget that moment because, you know, Shannon, I knew that she was pregnant. But to me, you know, I'm like a big dumb oaf. You know how us guys are. Yeah. She looked the same to me. I didn't see her stomach wasn't great big at that point. Well, then when I saw that picture and, that, and I shouted out, it's a boy, man, that's when it kind of hit me. Man, there's something going on. I, I got a boy on the way. You know, I just couldn't believe it. So a few months later, Luke was born, and I'll never forget that day either. But we got to hurry the story along. So fast forward about roughly two and a half years, same exact situation. Shannon's pregnant. And we're back in the doctor, and that nurse is waving a wand around her stomach again, and up on the screen pops another little boy. And a couple months later, my youngest Isaac was born. And I'll tell you what, I just, I'll never forget those two days when they were born. I, I got to cut the umbilical cord. It just it was a surreal experience. I'm sure lots of you have been through it, and you can remember it as well. And so here I was. No, have my, my wife that I love very much. I have these two young boys. I was so proud to be a dad. You know, had a little extra pep in my step at work because I had these boys and so proud and happy my wife, happy that God blessed me with these two boys. Man, just so happy. How could life get any better? I've got these two awesome boys. It's just great, man. Just a, a proud father. You know, you know what I'm saying, right, man? Just proud that you have those two sons and life couldn't get any better for me, man. Just, just great. So, that was about, and I'm not exaggerating, that was roughly about 10 years ago, okay? Since then, those two little hooligans have grown up, okay? And I have compiled a list of things that they do that drives their mother and I crazy. Bats, totally nuts, okay? And I'd like to share that list with you, okay? Two, this list drives old mom and dad crazy, and I'd like to share it with you. Number one, and I know you all are going to relate to this, they lose my stuff, okay? They lose my stuff, stuff that I paid for, they lose it, and we can't find it anymore, it's gone. Now, you might think this is dumb, but this bothered the heck out of me, okay? Hose nozzle, okay? I have this hose and I wash our vehicles, right? Well, I needed a good hose nozzle. So I went to the store. Hey, man, you know those cheapo hose nozzles you spray and they go six feet or they're just no good. They leak all over the place. You get more wet than whatever it is you're spraying. Well, I went all out. Now, remember, this thing was $19.99. It was all brass. It was made in the USA. Had the good O-rings in it. No leaking. Guaranteed not to leak. I bought the good one. Hey, man, this thing, you could... Dial it in and spray it real far. You can make it a real, uh, like a jet would come out of there and wash your cars real well. I had a certain spot that I set it on my shelf, set it there every time. It went in the same spot, and I would warn my kids, don't touch that. Don't touch it. Well, lo and behold, one day it comes up missing. Where's my hose nozzle at, boys? Oh, uh, well, we wanted to get in a sprinkler and this and that. You know, you get this song and dance, and 
where's my hose nozzle? I don't know. And then they even incorporate the neighbors in with it. Well, Braden wanted to get in a sprinkler. What they do is they put the sprinkler underneath of the trampoline, and it blows water up from the trampoline. They all bounce on it like wild men. So, which I don't care. Where's my hose nozzle? I paid a lot of money for that. Where's it at? Find it. I even made the neighbor kids look for it. I said, all y'all go look for my hose nozzle. I don't care what you're doing. Stop your game of wiffle ball and go find my hose nozzle. Well, no one found it. Miraculously, it is gone. My hose nozzle's gone. I paid a lot of money for it, and it's gone. My tools. Where I'm from, you could get yourself killed messing with another man's tools. I find my tools laying out in the driveway. I kid you not, I found it was a pair of vice grips or channel locks or something laying down over the hill in the woods in a multiflora rose bush. How does it even get there? And I, I, I wasn't even looking for it. I was just doing something, you know, weeding or... And I, what, what in the world's my tools doing in the bush here? So I go and I grab them out there and I try to interrogate these boys. And they got it down pat. I don't even know who to punish anymore. I say, Luke, why's my tools laying out here? Why am I finding my tools in the woods? Isaac, he got them out. So I go to interrogate him. Why's my tools? Why'd you get my tools out? I told you don't touch my tools. Well, I got them out, but Luke used them. So I back, go back to Luke. He said he got them out or someone got them out and you used them. Well, well the neighbor, Braden, had to tighten up the pegs on his bike. Again, I don't even hardly know who to punish. So they lose my stuff. Lost my hose nozzle, lose my tools all over the place. And I don't even know who to punish. The second thing, that's the first thing. The second thing, they break my stuff. They break our stuff. Do they not break our stuff, Shannon? They break our stuff. It could be a calm, peaceful day in our home, okay? I might be kicked back watching a football game or something, kids playing or something like that. Shannon's in the other room tidying up or something like that. All of a sudden, you hear her yell, who broke this? You know, and everybody's going for cover, you know. Kids take off running. Here she comes out with this candle that's in like a million pieces that one of the kids hit with a football or something, and they tried to piece it back together like it was a game of Jenga or something like that. And she just barely touched it with a duff, duster. And Who broke this? See, the kids break her stuff. They break our stuff. If you drive past my house, one of the first things you may notice is I got a brand new mailbox. I don't have that mailbox because I just wanted to buy a new mailbox. I bought that mailbox because I had to because my other one got destroyed. I don't even know how it got destroyed. All I know is nobody even said anything to me. I just looked out the front window. What the world's The mailbox is crumpled in a heap out in the... It was one of those freestanding... Made of iron. How do you even destroy something made of iron? Wrought iron. This mailbox snapped in half, laying in the dirt. Who broke my mailbox? Oh, he did this, that. All I know is there was some sort of race, you know, running race, and the mailbox was the finish line. I don't know. I don't even know who to punish. My mailbox destroyed. Yeah, they break my stuff. They lose my stuff. We just got a, a new car a few months ago. Oh, my wife and I, we love Hondas, mainly because you don't have to work on them very much. We were able to get a Honda Accord, you know, thank the Lord, get this new car, parked in the garage. 
We love it. It's in good shape, has low miles. Don't nobody mess with the car. Keep the car in good shape. I hear this low rumble coming from the garage. I go down into the garage and open the door. There's my two boys. On the other side of us, there's two neighbor boys. They come over there in the garage, too. Then the other neighbor boy, they're all the same age, five boys zooming around this car like it's a NASCAR track. And the car itself is like the infield. Zooming around on their scooters, on their bicycles, on their big wheels, because they're like a bike gang, you know. They're all ramping their bikes and going around this car as fast as you can. Now, mind you, from the wall to the car is probably that wide. And they're trying to pass each other and zooming all around. And someone clips the car with their handlebar. Well, I'm trying to grab a kid. I don't care if it's my kid or not. I'm trying to punish somebody. Get over here, kids. Don't hit my car. I paid a lot of money for that. Get away from all oh, y'all. Get out. I don't know why the neighbors even come to our house anymore. I'm so mean. Yelling all the time. I try to drown the neighbor kids or try to uh, ground the neighbor kids. Hey, Braden, you're grounded. Go to your room. Don't come out. Go in your house. Go in your room. Don't come out till I say. Surprises mom ain't come out yelling at me. Don't ground my kids. Don't tear my stuff up. Now, luckily, I was able to kind of buff the car out, and it's okay. But I paid a lot of money for that, man. They tear my stuff up. They lose my stuff. They break my stuff. My youngest son, he's not even 60 pounds yet. Doesn't even weigh 60 pounds. He's probably that tall. When him and his buddies go running through the house, it sounds like a herd of African wildebeests running all around, just leaving destruction in their wake. They come running up the steps. You're thinking, what in the world's going to come out of that doorway? And it's a little kid this tall. I just, I don't get it, man. They just tear stuff up. They tear our stuff up. Drives me and Shannon crazy. Drives us crazy. Not long ago, actually a couple weeks ago, someone was telling us, they were talking with someone, and uh, the kids are getting ready to go back to school, and the mom's sad. Well, Moose Mo Shannon and I looked at what, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? We've been itching for this all year, all summer. Get back to school. We wish there was no summer because they tear our stuff up. They tear up my stuff that I paid a lot of money for. It cost me a lot of money. I didn't want to pay 35 bucks for a new mailbox, but I had to. I know there's lots of parents in here with little babies. Maybe you got babies in the nursery. Maybe you have a baby still yet in your stomach. We just prayed for one of them. You're probably thinking, my kids, they ain't going to be wild like that. <laughs> you all got another thing coming, I'm here to tell you. I don't care how good of a parent you are. You got another thing coming. You got another thing coming. They just tear stuff up. The third thing that they do is they do dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. Stuff that makes me think, son, what were you thinking before you did that? What were you thinking, son? What were you thinking? Dumb stuff. What's going through your head, son? The other day, and I kid you not, the other day I came out of the house, went down in the driveway, because like I said, these boys and these neighborhood boys, they're all like this bike gang. You know, they ride their bikes, they ride their scooters, and now they got these big wheels. Everyone remember, big wheels? When I was young, they were called big wheels. They had a big wheel in the front, two little ones in the back, kind of like a tricycle thing, you pedal them around. 
Well, these things are back out now, but they're like amped up a little bit. You can do stunts and stuff like that now. I go out in the driveway and I look. The neighbor boy's got a fish hook stuck in his head, and my son has a giant knot on his forehead. I'm like, what's the matter with you people? I said, uh, now the fish hook, the fish hook in the neighbor boy's out, I didn't even ask about that. Not my problem. His parents can deal with that. <laughs> okay? Not my problem. You go next door and let, they can deal with you. My son, I looked at him. I mean, it's not, it's not a little one. It's a big one. It's sticking out like an inch out of his forehead. It looks like a unicorn. I said, son, how did you get that knot on your forehead? I mean, they don't even bother to come and tell us. They don't even come crying. Dad, I got tore. You just find it on them. So I said, son, how did you get that knot on your forehead? Oh, we was playing a game, Dad. And they're still zooming their bikes all around. I'm like, hold on, stop a minute. What game? I don't know what game they were playing, but from the description I got, it was the neighbors got a swimming pool, one of them big round ones. Some kids were in the middle of the swimming pool, while other kids was on the edges winging golf balls, skipping golf balls across it, while the other kids would duck them. I kid you not. Well, my boy caught one in the forehead. Caught a golf ball to the forehead. Hopefully that's lesson enough. I just turned around and said, all right. Hope you learned something, son. And I kid you not, it took probably a week for that knot to go down. I mean, a big old knot. They do dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. I don't understand these kids. They tear stuff up. They lose my stuff. They do dumb stuff. I don't know. So, this is... Now, most of you know I work night shift, okay? I get off at 6 in the morning. Usually I come home. We get the boys off to school. Well, in the summertime, I come home, and Shannon cleans a little bit here at the church a few hours a week. So what we do on some days is, you know, my oldest boy, he's close to being a teenager, so we think he's responsible enough to at least stay in the house. You know, Dad comes home, and Dad goes to bed, the two boys, we, Shannon goes off to the church to clean so she doesn't have to bring them here with them or with her. And I sleep. And we tell them, don't go out of the house, you know. And Shannon makes them a list of stuff to do. That way, you know, if anything happens, they can come wake Dad up, you know. They stay inside the house. You guys, Shannon makes this list out for him, you know. And try to be good parents. She writes on the list. Do a devotional. You know, they have a little kid's devotional they'll do. She might write do some exercises or something, you know, do some push-ups or sit-ups or something like that, tidy your rooms, take down the laundry, make yourself some breakfast, make yourself some lunch, you know, so on and so forth. We, we do that. While I'm sleeping, Shannon's here, and they're not allowed to go out of the house. If anyone knocks on the door, they come get me, or anything happens, they come get me. So I wake up, you know, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Shannon's on her way home. I wake up. As soon as my boy sees me, he said, oh, Dad, you're up. See, I'm going outside to play. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, did you brush your teeth? No. I said, son, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You've been up since 9 or 10. You ain't brushed your teeth yet? No. Why don't you brush your teeth, son? What's the matter with you? Because it wasn't on the list. <laughs> I said, son, son. I always tell them, I always say, 
you ain't going to make it, son. If you make decisions like this when you're away from home, when you no longer live here, if those are your decisions, you ain't going to make it very long. Go brush your teeth. I don't know what it is with these boys. They do dumb stuff. Okay? Lastly, okay, I remember these boys lose my stuff. These boys break my stuff. These boys do dumb stuff. The last thing on my list is these boys are 100% slobadors. <laughs> Slobs! I don't know what genes my wife and I mixed when we made it. Forbidden genes we put together to create these cavemen. Okay, I don't know what genes we, we mix to make these cavemen. I do not. They, they get home from school. Now, mind you, I've nearly given them the death penalty for this, and they still do it. They get home from school. Hey, Mom and Dad, I'm home, and, and that's what my home looks like that Shannon spent the day cleaning. They launch their stuff all over the place. Son, what's the matter with you? Clean that up. And like I said, I could have given them the death penalty the day before. It doesn't sink into their heads. I don't know what it is. They're slobadors. Slobs. Every day, the same thing. Now they get home, I'm just wait, itching for them to throw their stuff. Just waiting, staring at them. Don't you throw your shoes all over the place. And coat and book bags bombarded all over the place. I don't know what it is about these boys. Sometimes my wife and I even get into arguments over her, whose turn it is to yell at them. We do. Well, Shannon, you need to tell these boys to do that. You tell them. No, you tell them. No, you tell them. I just told them a minute ago. We get into arguments over whose turn it is to yell at them. Slobs. Can any of you fathers remember this? What it was like when you had kids, kind of like my age, when you try to mow the grass. Okay, I look outside, there's a lawn, grass is tall, needs mowed. Think to myself, I'll bust that out real quickly, get it mowed, no problem. Get that mower out, well, kids come home from school or come back from the neighbors. I have to get off my mower 63 times because these kids... They haven't worn, and I'm not exaggerating, they haven't worn shoes or socks or shirts since like the second week of April. As soon as they go outside, man, their shirts are gone and shoes and socks are gone. Where do you think they're all laying? Right in my mowing swath, right where I'm heading. Man, mowing used to be a nice thing, you know, peaceful, relaxing, just you and God and your thoughts, and you can reflect on how your life's... I mow now seething in anger because I see a ball glove right in my path. Then I'm thinking... I'm just going to mow that thing. I'm going to mow it. And I'll tell you what, I would mow it if I'm not the one that had to pay for it. You know, that ball glove costed $50. I can't mow it. There's an Under Armour shirt. I'm going to mow that thing. Man, that was $35. I can't mow it. If they paid for it, I'm going to mow it, and it's going to feel good. Seeing them things come spitting out there, I told you. I don't know what it is with these kids. If I saw, you would think. If I saw Bruce coming at me with his tractor, and he has a big, wide finish mower on the back of that, and I threw something in his path, and here he comes, a rational, normal person would say, he's going to mow the thing that I just put in his way. I better move that object, right? These kids don't think that. 
You've got to yell, move that! And, of course, the mower's real loud, so they don't hear you. I end up getting off 63 times and moving all this stuff. Slobs, they just launch all this stuff everywhere. Now, my boys, like I said, we got some neighbor boys. And they play, there's a swimming pool on the left and a swimming pool on the right. And in the summer, my boys, they play all over the place from morning until night. We got to call them in to eat, and we got to call them in at night. So that's at least one good thing they do is they play really well. They ride their bikes all over the place. They go from riding bikes to wiffle ball to swimming to swimming over at the other pool. Then they come back to bikes, then back to wiffle balls, then scooters, then they put up these ramps. It's all day long. Now, my boys, they're not necessarily old enough to smell like body odor, you know. But my wife and I have kind of come up with a phrase of how they do smell. We call it pond. They smell like pond when they come in the house, okay? It's a nasty old rank stagnant pond. That's what they smell like when they come in the house from playing from morning until night. So I come out of my bedroom. Guess where you think I find all five of these boys, all the neighbor boys and my boys. Of course, of course they don't have any shoes or socks. All they have shorts on and no shirts. They're laying all over my living room playing the PlayStation. I come out there, and I see them all. They've got their feet propped up on the ottomans, laying all over the couch, laying all over each other like a pack of lions or something. And I, I come out there, and I, uh-uh, I'll beat it. All of you, go get showers, then you can come back and play. Oh, man, they're all bummed out, and they leave it. I don't know what's the matter with these slobs, but that's what they are. I don't seem to be able to get anything to sink in their heads, but that's how these boys are. I'll just yell at all of them, go get showers, then you can play. Slobs to complain and fight. Okay? Now here is the strange phenomena of it all, okay? After all that stuff that I just read to you, all of it's true. You come ask my wife if it's true. Just Lately, it's been kind of driving us bonkers lately. I almost feel like you sometimes want to give up on being a parent, you know? The strange phenomena of it all is this. All that dumb stuff they do, losing my stuff, breaking my stuff, being slobs like that. My wife and I couldn't love those boys anymore. We love them with all of our hearts. Love them. We're in love with these two boys. Everything I said, every word I read to you is true. From my list of things that drives me bad, we love those boys. Love them with all of our hearts. We couldn't love them anymore. Slobs, break stuff, lose our stuff, and do dumb stuff. We still love our sons. Whining, complaining, and fighting, we still love them. Now, someone that doesn't know much about parenting or something like that might ask, why? Why do you love them so much? And the answer is very simple. Because they're my sons. They're my sons. They're my children. That's all it is. It's not a big technical thing. It's because they're my sons. I love them. I will never not love them. No matter how dumb of stuff they might do, no matter how expensive of something they might tear up of mine, yeah, you might see me blow a gasket, but I love my sons. I love them. My wife and I love our boys. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And I want what's best for my sons. That's why I'm always yelling at them and telling them to brush their teeth and barking at them. All those things I said are true, but at the end of the day, I love my sons dearly. All this 
you know, like I said, we've been kind of going, my wife and I have been going through this lately, made me realize something. And this is kind of what I, I want you to be encouraged and understand this morning. We're nothing more than children to God. Do you understand that? Little kids, he's our father. We're his children. We're his sons and his daughters. Constantly doing dumb stuff. Constantly making a mess out of stuff. Constantly breaking things. Constantly needing supervision. Constantly needing correction. We are children to God, our Father. And no matter what we tear up, or flub up, or foul up, or make a wreck out of, at the end of the day, God the Father loves us. He loves us so much. That's how simple the Christian faith is. We're God's kids. We are His children, and He is our Father. It's the same thing. We're just a little bit older, amen? We whine, we gripe, and we do dumb stuff. He still loves us. We fight, we get dirty, and we constantly need supervision, yet he still loves us. We break stuff, we make messes, and we screw up, yet he loves us. As a matter of fact, the Bible even says that before we were even saved, he loved us. He loved us before we were saved. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When I was an idiot, when I was a jerk, and sometimes I still am, God sent, for God so loved the world. He loved me even then. Before I was saved, he sent his son Jesus. He didn't even spare his own son, Jesus Christ, and sent Jesus for me, knowing that there was a chance I could even reject his son. That's how much he loved us. That's, it's so simple, brothers and sisters, but we cannot forget this is a love message. It's a love message from father to sons and daughters. That's us. God commended his love towards us in that way we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Remember I read John 3.16, For God so loved the world. He loved the world that much. Knowing that Jesus would be ridiculed. And even thousands of years later, Jesus is still ridiculed, still rejected by millions. God was still motivated by love to send his son. He loves us because we're his creation. Just as my sons are my wife and I's creation. We are God's creation. He created us. He made us. He formed us. The Bible says he knew us before we were even in the womb. He knew us then, and he loved us. He loves us. I know there's been times I've thought to myself, because we can be hard on ourselves, can't we? And we screw something up, and we think, I ain't even saved. I'm just an idiot. I'm a jerk. I have made a mess out of this. We don't understand the depth of the love that God has for us. It's so much more than I love my own son. You know, my son, when they clipped my car with their handlebars or whatever, I didn't stop loving my son then. Sure, I was angry. Sure, I was mad. Sure, I was yelling at someone. Sure, I'd taken people out of my garage. But I didn't stop loving my son. How much greater. And that's just a, a human being's love. That's just my love that's tainted and, and, and has its limits. Imagine God's who is untainted, whose love is pure and limitless. Imagine his love towards his children. <clears throat> it's nothing more than a love story of a father to his children. A father 
who wants what's best for his children. That's why the Bible says, thou shalt not. It's not to make us have a boring life that's no fun. God says, thou shalt not, because it's bad for us. It's not good for us. It's because he's our father and wants what's best for us. For us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. He loves us so much. Think of some of the bad things that you've done. Think of some of the shameful acts that you don't want anybody here in church to know about. Think of some of the things that you've done that you've regretted. And God loves you so much that he says, You're forgiven, and now you're my son. You're forgiven, and now you're my daughter. You're forgiven, and you're my child now. It's that simple. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, if you've screwed up lately, guess what? He still loves you. He's still proud that you're his son and his daughter. He still claims you. He still wants you. He still desires you. He still desires that relationship with you. No matter how bad you've screwed up, he still places his love upon you. He still sends his love to you. He loves you very much. More than I can describe. More than the best preacher in the world can describe. He loves you. Be encouraged with that this morning, brothers and sisters. No matter how much you fail him. No matter how much you screw up. He loves you. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. Can we please turn down these lights? I'm going to bring it to a close. But I want you to realize, please realize Christianity is very simple. The Bible is very simple. Don't be confused by some of the terminology in in the Bible. It can be confusing. I know we don't talk that way anymore. But if you can make it through that, you will see that the Bible is a love message from a father to his children, a father that loves his children. Now, I know that life gets complicated, very complicated. Man, there are situations with marriages. There are situations with relationships. There are situations with family members that get very complicated. Amen? There are situations with finances that get very complicated. There are situations with work that gets very complicated. But it doesn't have to be complicating in our faith. And it's simple. God loves us. He loves me. He loves you. Yes, I made mistakes. You want to look, search around in my closet, you're going to find some skeletons. Now, I'm not going to lie about it. Some things I've done wrong and screwed up and some things I'm ashamed of. But I guarantee there's some skeletons in your closet too. But the Lord is willing to forgive anybody if they ask him. And the Lord loves you even before you were saved. Even if you're here and you're not saved this morning. He's just waiting on you. Why is he waiting on you? Because he desires you. He loves you. Amen? Amen. Guys, if you have something you would please play. Look, if you want to spend some time talking to your love down here, he's waiting for you. If you are not saved, make your way down here. Find someone, myself or Pastor or Bruce or Daryl. Get with them. They can walk you through the steps. It's very simple. Confess your sins to the Lord Jesus. Confess that he's Lord. Let him be Lord of your life and you will be saved. Amen? Amen. For God so loved the world. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.